0: Thanks for tuning in to Crossover Conversations, a podcast tackling the struggles that teenagers face today. It is our goal to give students a sound, biblical perspective in order to help them navigate their way through life. What's up, guys? Hey, it is uh, your boy again. I'm assuming you already know that by now. That's how I'm probably going to uh, open all of these episodes with that little introduction there. Um but it is you, your boy, Michael Nanny, back again for episode number three, closing out 2020 with uh, this podcast. Um, again, just want to thank you guys for listening and tuning in and, and supporting me and supporting this uh, platform and supporting this ministry opportunity through this platform. It's really encouraging and it really means a lot to hear that it's helping some of you guys. And that's uh, that's pretty awesome to think that um, something that I thought of randomly can, can help so many people. And so that's pretty cool. Um, but today I want to just dive right in. I want to be talking about um, New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolution—that's a, a thing that a lot of people do. Um, I would say most people probably do a New Year's resolution. Um, and so the the idea of a New Year's resolution is not something that is new to us. This is something that's been along for a, been around for a long time. Um, but before we kind of get into what a resolution is and and where it came from and kind of the biblical perspective on those. I want to give us just a little definition and then uh, just a little bit of overview of some of the the popular um, New Year's resolutions. So a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. So you're resolving either to do something. I'm going to resolve to lose X amount of weight or I'm going to resolve to not do something. I'm going to not eat sweets all year or I'm not going to do X, Y, Z all year or forever however long right so you're resolving to do or not do something that's the the basis of a resolution Um, so if you were to google the the top 10 new year's resolutions these are what you would find starting with number one going through 10 number one eat healthier that's can i get an amen is that anybody out there eating healthier is that your your goal for 2021 Um, number two exercise more those two kind of go hand in hand eating healthy and exercising more Um, If if you're going to exercise more, you need to have a a diet that's going to sustain your exercise. So those two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, Number three is to save money or spend less. Uh, That's a pretty good one. That's one that I think more people, including myself, need to to get better at. Uh, Number four, learn something new. I think that's a good resolution for all of us. I think we all should be learners. We all need to be learning something new, I think. Um, Number five, quit smoking. Number six. Read more. That's that's one on my list is to read more. Um, if you know me, you know, I'm not the biggest reader, uh, but one of my resolutions this year is to to read one book, one book per month. Uh, so that's 12 books. Um, so that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions is to read more um, because the best I think it's like the best learners are the best readers or something like that. And so I want to read more I want to to get more knowledge. Uh, number seven to change jobs is also a new year's resolution. Uh, number eight, drink less. And I'm assuming uh, just from what I read, it was talking about alcoholic drinks. So, uh, if you're a teenager that shouldn't apply to you because you shouldn't be drinking anyways, but if you're an adult listening to this, that may be one of your resolutions to drink less. Uh, number nine, spend more time with family and friends. That's a, that's a pretty good one. Family and friends are important. Um, and, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to find that time. So I think that's a pretty good uh, New Year's resolution. And, and closing it out, number 10, get more organized. Or I think it's actually just get organized is the the actual number 10 uh, New Year's resolution. Get organized. And I know several people who probably need to do that uh, and need to make that their resolution to get organized. So those are the top 10 New Year's resolutions. I think those are all pretty good resolutions that um, a lot of people do, obviously, they would be a lot of people doing it with their top 10. So uh, those are some pretty solid resolutions. But like I said earlier, this is not something that's new. This idea of a New Year's resolution uh, is not a new idea. So this actually came from the ancient Babylonian, Babylonians, and they're said to have been the first people to make a New Year's resolution about 4,000 years ago. They were also the first to hold recorded celebrations in honor of the New Year. Uh, so basically during like this... 12-day massive religious festival known as Akita, the Babylonians crowned a new king or kind of reaffirmed their loyalty to the current king. And they would make promises to uh, this king or make goals to this king to to pay their debts and return any objects that they had borrowed. And uh, they promised, uh, you know, if if their promise was kept, it would be considered as a blessing and and they were going to be blessed. But if they broke their promise, then curse was was going to happen, and, and you were going to have bad things happen to you. Um, and so this is kind of where this whole idea started. And a, a similar practice actually occurred in ancient Rome after the the emperor Julius Caesar. He was kind of a reform guy. Uh, he tinkered with the calendar and established January first as the beginning of the year. And that was about forty six BC, I think is I think is what it said. About forty six BC is when we had this calendar changed to where the new year started on January 1st. Um, and so this January was actually named for this two-faced God named Janus, whose spirit inhabited doorways and arches. So it kind of it signified you're going into and leaving uh, something behind, but you're going into something new. And so it symbolically looked backwards into the previous year and looked ahead towards the the future. That's kind of what this god represented. You know, he's the god of doorways or whatever they they said. But that's where this whole idea started. And so the Romans would offer sacrifices to this deity and they made promises of of good conduct for the coming year. And again, you know, for uh if they kept those promises, well that God would bless them. If they didn't keep those promises or they broke them or they fell short, then that God would curse them. And so that's, again, kind of we're seeing this reoccurring theme. And then for early Christians, the first day of the new year became the traditional occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do better in the future. So in, in 1740, the English clergyman John Wesley, who was also the founder of Methodism, created the Covenant Renewal Service. Which is most commonly held on either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. It was also known as watch night services, um, which included, included some readings of scriptures, some hymn singing, and uh, it, it kind of served as this spiritual alternative to these worldly celebrations, which normally had to, uh, are, were normally held to celebrate the coming of the new year and were normally, like I said, worldly, so it would involve things that were not biblical, not spiritual, not um, good good for your soul, in other words. So popular, this was popular within the evangelical Protestant churches, and especially after the African-American denominations and congregations, uh, they kind of held their watch night services, and they held those on New Year's or New Year's Eve, and spent time praying and, and making resolutions for the coming year. And despite the tradition's religious roots— New Year's resolutions actually today are mostly a secular practice. It's mostly found within um, unchurched people. So instead of making promises to the gods, most people kind of make promises to themselves. They resolve to uh, take care of themselves better. Again, number one was to to eat healthy. Number two was to exercise more. So you're making these promises kind of to yourself to better yourself. It's about self-improvement, which may explain why so many resolutions – seem to have a hard time or seem to struggle to follow through. A lot of these resolutions, and I'm not hating on them, I think you should definitely make New Year's resolutions. I think it's an awesome thing to do. That's what we're talking about. But a lot of these resolutions will fail or you'll give in within a month or two um, simply because you are doing it in your own strength, right? Uh, I don't know if you uh, have ever looked into like gym membership in January or have ever – got a gym membership in January or went to the gym in January. January is the biggest month for most gyms simply because it's a new year's resolution for a lot of people to eat healthy and get, you know, exercise more, get healthy. And so they think that, well, if I get a gym membership and I pay for a gym membership, I'm going to be encouraged to go. And they're right to some extent, but if you're basing that resolution on simply your willpower Eventually, there's going to come a time, unless you're stronger than I am, and most people probably are, I'm not saying that I'm the strongest person, but a lot of these New Year's resolutions are going to fail simply because it's about your own self-improvement and you're kind of trying to do this on your own power, and your own abilities, and your own capabilities. So what I want to talk about is how to do a biblical or a spiritual New Year's resolution, um, if that's such a thing, and we're going to make it a thing. New Year's resolutions fail Because there's no power in a New Year's resolution. It's just kind of this decision that you make. So resolving to start or stop doing a certain activity has no value unless you have the proper motivation for stopping or starting that activity. right? So if you don't have someone that's going to keep you accountable, hey, did you go to the gym today? Or did you eat XYZ calories today? Or did you eat this green today? Or did you not eat that sugar today? How many Cokes did you have? Whatever. If you don't have someone or something that's going to keep you accountable, then most likely, and I'm not going to say all the time, but most likely that resolution is going to fail. And so it's about your commitment. It's about depending, this whole idea of New Year's resolutions depends on your commitment. However, if God is the center of the New Year's resolution and it has a chance for success, depending on your commitment to it, but also on whether or not God is going to be glorified through it, if it's something that God has for your life, He's going to enable you to do it. So if God has... If you say, I'm going to do this for the glory of God, and then God's going to bless that because you're doing it for the glory of God. But if you're doing it for the glory of yourself, you're going to have a lot harder time to do that, to, to follow through on that New Year's resolution. So I want to give us kind of six quick things to help keep in mind, uh, for us to keep in mind as we make our New Year's resolutions in a couple of days. Uh, so the first one is just to pray to the Lord for wisdom regarding what resolutions, if any, you should make. So James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So you should inquire to God about what you should do or if you should do anything. Um, this is something that, I, again, I told you one of my resolutions is to read 12 books. This is something I've struggled with a long time, um, simply because, I, if you again, if you know me, you know I'm not... Uh, a big school guy. I think you definitely should go to school. And I'm even going back to school in January. Um, but part of the reason I don't like school is just because it's a lot of reading and writing, which are two things that I don't just enjoy. And now really my job is to read and to write. So it's funny how, how God kind of does that thing. Um, but this whole idea of reading came to me through this, uh, the, the kind of the conviction that I need to be learning more. Like if I'm going to be in this profession, if I'm going to be a youth minister, I need to be learning and, and reading about some of the struggles that teenagers are going through and how I can reach teenagers better. And so that's kind of where this stems from is uh, I want to learn more so I can uh, do my job better. So you should be inquiring of God for wisdom into what decisions, what resolutions you should make. All right. So that's number one. Pray to the Lord for wisdom. Second one is pray for wisdom as to how to fulfill the goals. So the first one is pray to pray to God about the wisdom that uh, as to what goals you should make. Number two is how to fulfill those goals, how to keep going, how to uh, what are some practical steps for me to do to get to this goal or to stop doing this thing. Um, So pray to the Lord for wisdom regarding what decision you should make. Pray to the Lord for wisdom about how to fulfill the goals God gives you. Number three, rely on God's strength to help you. The Lord is my strength, Exodus says in chapter 15, verse 2. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So again, as believers, um, if you are a believer, then your strength is found not in your own power, but in who God says you are and in the name of God. That's kind of what we talked about last week in terms of identity. You know, Our identity is found in God and who God says we are, not who, who we try to be, not who we strive to be, not who we work so hard to be. So, rely on God's strength to help you. Again, this is one of those practical steps. Uh, Two and three could go hand in hand, really. Pray for wisdom about how to fulfill those goals. He can give you those steps. Get an accountability partner. Get an app on your phone that's going to help you track calories or help you walk more or whatever. Um, And then rely on God's strength to help you achieve those goals. Number four, find an accountability partner who will help you and encourage you. Again, Number two, three, and four, all kind of basing around the same thing. How am I going to practically fulfill the goal that God has given me to do for this year? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So again, accountability partners, having someone to come alongside you and stir you up, to do that goal and i you know in hebrews that passage is talking about um fellowshipping with one another in, in terms of a church not neglecting to go to church as a public uh, worship service corporate worship you need to be involved in corporate worship that's what that passage is talking about but i think it also applies to this in that we need to be if we're going to be trying to glorify god if we're going to trying to glorify god in our resolutions then we should have a brother or sister come alongside of us and say hey you need to keep doing, you need to keep going or, all right, it's okay that you did that today. It's okay that you had that one Coke today. Um, but tomorrow let's try to substitute that Coke for a water or a Gatorade or whatever. Um, so accountability partner is going to be huge in making these new year's resolutions. Number five, don't be discouraged with occasional failures. Instead, allow them to motivate you further. So again, don't, you know, if you make a resolution to go to the gym three times a week or five times a week, five days in a row, whatever, and you get busy one day and you can't make it, don't let that failure keep you from going back the next day. That's what that's saying. Don't be discouraged with occasional failures. Um, If we, you know, if we gave up every time we failed, if we uh, were trying to do something, we gave up after we failed that first time, we would never get anything done. There were several times where, uh, You know, the inventor of the light bulb had failed and he had to keep trying, had to keep trying until eventually it worked. And so I'm thankful that he kept trying and didn't give up after he failed. Uh, So don't be discouraged with occasional failure. Psalm chapter 37, verse 24 says, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds his hand. So again, spiritually speaking, you're going to fail. There's going to be times where you give into sin or where you give into that temptation, but don't let that discourage you. Yeah, it should it should grieve you that you failed to, to live up to the standard that God has set for you. But keep going, keep going, keep pushing, keep going uh, again, have that accountability part. That's going to keep you accountable and say, yeah, OK, you did have that coat today, but tomorrow we're going to strive to to be better. All right. So number six, don't become proud or vain, but give God the glory. Don't become proud or vain, but give God the glory. And this is why number one is so important. Because if we're making goals all about ourselves and not including God in our decisions, then ultimately we're going to become proud or vain. If I resolve to go to the gym five days a week or, you know, gain X pounds in muscle or lose X amount of weight and it's all about, you know, my personal well-being and my personal health and my personal um, image and we neglect God and all of that, then it ultimately it's all about you. And in terms of Christianity and and how we live as Christians, the Bible says it should be all about Jesus and not all about me. Um, I'm in a a life group where that's our motto is, it ain't about me. And so again, this is all about not becoming proud or vain, doing this for the glory of God and and giving God the glory for your success. If you reach your goal of not drinking a soda every day, praise God for that and give him the glory. Say, oh, well, I couldn't do it in my own strength. It's only through the power of God that I was able to do that. As a believer, that should ring true to you. Um, so don't become proud or vain. Psalm chapter 37, verses 5 and 6 say, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. So again, if we're giving God the glory, if we're doing this for the glory of God, if we're basing our New Year's resolutions on what God has for us and giving Him the glory, then He's going to make a way for it to happen. Um, and that's not to say that you won't have an occasional failure and you won't, you know, you're not going to see these instant results. That's not what I'm saying, but giving out the glory and including him in this decision of your life to, to make a better version of yourself. Because ultimately the Bible says that, uh, as a believer, you are God's temple. So you should take care of your body and you should do those things. And I'm not saying that, uh, your new year's resolution should be about losing weight or gaining weight or whatever it should. It could be about reading. It could be about, um, cleaning more or doing laundry more or whatever, like whatever you need to do. But ultimately, make that decision and inquire from God about what you should do. And when you do that, He's going to give you the way. He's going to make it possible. He's going to give you the strength. Find somebody to help you do that. Don't be discouraged with occasional failure. And don't become proud or vain. uh, But give God the glory. So that's kind of what I would say are the six main things that you should consider when making your new year's resolution for this year. And and I do encourage you to make that write it down, write down your new year's resolution. So at the end of the year, or even a month in, you can say, all right, I'm not doing so good in this resolution. I need to make some, some steps forward in that one, you know, write them down and give them to someone else, give them to your accountability partner. Who's going to help you, you know, who's going to check in on you and say, all right, how are you doing on resolution, whatever, how are you doing in this, in this resolution of your life? And so that's kind of, again, six things that I would base my New Year's resolution on. And um, as, a, as a believer, I think those are vitally important. But if you're not a believer, maybe your New Year's resolution is to become a, a, a new creation. The Bible says, uh, and this is our verse of the week, but the Bible says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So if that's you, if you have never given your life to Christ and you are still living in that old way of life, that old sinful way of life, give your life to Christ and let Him make you new. And what better time to do that than at the turn of the new year where you can literally say new year, new you. Um, that would be pretty cool to, to, to give your life to Christ and say, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to, to resolve to live my life glorifying to God in all things. Let all things that I do be glorifying and worshipful to Him. Let all things I do be glorifying and worshipful to him. All right, guys, that's all I've got for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Be looking out for next week's episode as we begin the new year. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to what God is going to do through this podcast, and I'm excited to uh, continue to hear from you guys and, and look forward to serving you in this way. But until next time, stay safe, God bless, and happy new year. Peace.